What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamon Bushrod, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scanling. It's the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hello, this is center Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr., Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver, number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live on the Chase Podcast. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Shannon Southern, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers, and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, football fans. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you as we get rolling on this Wednesday. We're moving forward. Jarrell, week number eight of the NFL season. My bro, Jarrell Worthy, on the line. We're getting ready to chat up some good NFL trending topics from matchups as well as the trade deadline, trade ideas. We have it all right here for you. So thank you for tuning in. First off, Jarrell, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing excellent, man. It's a beautiful day. Uh, we do have some rain on the way, but it's not going to take our shine away. So I'm excited, bro. Let's get right into it, Jarrell, because a lot of things are going on here in the NFL. A couple of trades, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Everson Griffin to the Lions. That was done on Tuesday afternoon, a conditional six-round pick going back to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the Lions have been looking to shore up their pass rushing situation as they look to make a surge into the playoffs at 3-3 three and three on a two-game win streak. And then today, just about an hour ago, the Bengals traded Carlos Dunlap to the Seattle Seahawks for a 2021 seventh-round pick and offensive line B.J. Finney heading back to Cincinnati. So they go out and get a proven veteran like Carlos Dunlap, who has been disgruntled in Cincinnati. So, Gerald, do any of these deals surprise you at all? Uh, Well, to be honest with you, the Everson Griffin deal really surprises me. Um, A guy that's just gotten to Dallas, a guy that uh, has has been proven um, in this league. Uh, He was actually contributing. Um, overall, as a defense, they look atrocious. But you know, for for a guy like Everson Griffin going going back to the NFC North, um, in which he was able to haunt a lot of quarterbacks, um, including one of my favorites, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, it definitely I know he's excited um, just to be able to, to face some familiar foes. Um, as far as the Carlos Dunlap, um, we're talking about a guy that you know is third amongst pass rushers this year. He's continued to uh, um, to continue his success. Um, despite, you know, the overall uh, the losing effort of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he's been known to make a, a lot of big plays, been in the playoffs uh, a number of times. And, you know, he understands that this is a rebuilding year and, 
And um, he's on his way to greener pastures, man. Seattle's turned around a lot of careers, and so I'm excited for these guys. Dunlap is in the second year of his three-year $40.650 million contract, stands to make a base salary of 10.250 in 2021. So the Seahawks are getting Dunlap not just for this season, but for 2021 as well. You know, Seattle has been looking to bolster that defensive line ever since they were unable to retain Jadavion Clowney as he went on and signed with the Tennessee Titans before the season got going, Drill. But there was another big-time trade that... I was very blindsided by, as well as the NFL community. This one went down on October 22nd. It was Yannick Ngakwe heading to the Baltimore Ravens, Jarrell and the Ravens, as they say, the richer get wealthier with another big-time edge rusher that will now be paired with Matt Judon, Calais Campbell up front, Brandon Williams, and Patrick Queen, the first-round linebacker. So, what do you think about Ngakwe in Baltimore? I love the move. I love Ozzie Newsom going out there and continuing to get uh, crafty veterans that can help bolster his team. Um, we've seen him do, do it in the past, and um, and it's definitely proven well in this in, in this scenario too. Uh, Yangwe, uh, and, uh, Yannick and Ngakwe and, and having uh, Calais Campbell, these guys were uh, a force to be reckoned with down in Jacksonville. These guys combined for well over 50-plus uh, sacks between the two. Uh, these guys are continuously, uh, uh, you know, uh, setting a standard for how to rush the passer. And then you pair him up with a guy like Derek Wolf, a guy like Matthew Judon. I think Baltimore realizes that they have to get more pressure on the on the, on the, on the passer just because, you know, they're going to be having to go against teams like Kansas City, uh, teams like uh, Pittsburgh. And in order to beat these teams, they're going to spread those. They're going to spread Baltimore out and they're going to make those guys go man coverage. So how you beat that? is by getting a phenomenal pass rush uh, and to take a lot of pressure off those DBs. So I think uh, Ozzie Newsom made a great move um, by signing this guy, and I, and I think that it's going to be a, a great uh, benefit for these for this defense moving forward. The Baltimore Ravens are always aggressive. Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, they like to continue to add on to their team. They're consistently looking at the trade market. The free agent portal, we saw them add Des Bryant to the practice squad. You know that they want to bolster the receiving unit as well so that could be another force if he learns the playbook well he could be promoted to the active roster to give Lamar Jackson another veteran type of receiver perhaps a red zone threat to go along with that rushing attack so the Baltimore Ravens always stay out ahead of the rest of the NFL it seems like and they get another big time addition to that defensive front now, Jarrell, when we're talking about these trades, I thought it would be formidable to have a segment on today's show. We know the NFL trade deadline is rapidly approaching on November 3rd. 4 p.m. Eastern time is the deadline for all these teams to make acquisitions. So let's do a segment called Make the Trade. Now, what this is going to consist of for all of you listeners out there. Jarrell and I will provide two random teams from each conference, AFC and NFC. Now, of course, Jarrell will be in charge of answering for the AFC. I'll be in charge of answering for the NFC. And we're going to have to generate a trade proposal for that team. So I will go ahead and start this process by naming one random team from the AFC. And Jarrell, you're going to have to respond with a trade scenario that best fits that team's needs. So are you ready to go? Man, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to throw my GM hat on and I'm going to give it a go, bro. And you know what it's like, man. We get to become general managers in this segment. So, you know, we're both down for this. Here we go. So one random team, Jarrell, and you better come with it too. Give me an ideal trade scenario for... Wait for it here. Wait for it. The Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, the Indianapolis Colts. So, look, I know we talk about the Colts a lot. Um, and uh, we talk about how up and down they've been. Um, but realistically, for me, it's, it's really been at the quarterback position that's been up and down. And so, if I'm going to actually make a trade, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up. A, I'm going to get up a, a, a mid-round draft pick for Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see the Indianapolis Colts put more pressure on Phillip Rivers to deliver. 
giving the opportunity to go out there and sign a guy that actually can play some football when he's when his head is on his when his head is screwed on right. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky definitely can throw the ball down the field. Um, having a good offensive line in front of him with the Indianapolis Colts and what they present, having a running game that's beneficial for him in play-action pass, I think Mitchell Trubisky could be a, 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 a very uh, solidified pickup for the Indianapolis Colts uh, midway through the year. Wow, Jarrell going on the deep end. Talk about shaking things up, man. You're coming with the heat already. I like it. Now, Jarrell, to follow up on this trade proposal, I have a question for you, okay? Because you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky bringing him in. So are you just not confident in Jacoby Brissett then, who's already sitting behind Phillip Rivers? Well, I think at the end of the day, the Indianapolis Colts uh, would have went with Jacoby Brissett at this point in time. Um, already knowing what he brings to the table, they know what this kid can do. Um, even with the uh, when they saw the ups and downs to Phillip Rivers, they could have easily made an opera. They could have recently made the change then, knowing what they already had in their arsenal. But I think at the end of the day, they want to find somebody that can create a little bit of a splash. Uh, Mr. Tabisky in the right system can be effective. We've seen that before when the when the Bears were playing at a very high level. Um, the offense, the play action pass, uh, the rolling out, getting him on the move was very effective. Uh, for Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky when everything was going the right way. But I think at the end of the day, with, with this offensive line that the Indianapolis Colts presents, the tough running game, uh, the downfield threats as far as the play-action pass is concerned, uh, it, would only help his tr- it would only help his career, man. I think Frank White would be the definite uh, coach to help lead him back um, into a, a, a prominent role as far as being a quarterback in the NFL. Now, one more counterpoint before you give me an NFC team. What would you think about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Indy? Ah, well, see, I just think at the end of the day, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be, um, I mean, it it definitely sounds like a a, a shaky move. um, But at the end of the day, we're talking about trying to win now and and get improved and move yourself forward um, as far as uh, in contention for the playoffs. And we know uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is up and down as far as his play is concerned. But, you know, he's a hell of a competitor. He's a hell of a player, hell of a teammate. Um, he can do nothing but um, help benefit them from a mental standpoint. But I just think that they need to have somebody who can throw the football down the field, um, who can run outside the pocket, and who can really feel confident back there behind this great offensive line that they have. I can see your point now. Now it's your turn, Jarrell. you got to give me one random NFC team that you want me to present a trade proposal. All right, so... I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Okay, the Chicago Bears. We all saw them take on the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. We know their offense continues to be lackluster. Matt Nagy is taking some heat about giving up play calling. I'm not going to say that they're going to go after a quarterback at this point in time. Nick Foles is there. They already gave up draft compensation to acquire him. They took on that contract. So, I think they're going to be standing still at the quarterback position. But what they can upgrade right now, Jarrell, is that offensive line. They took a hit with James Daniels, their starting guard, going down earlier this season against the Buccaneers. And there's a lot of all-pro type guards that could be available for trade if Ryan Pace wants to pick up the phone and make a deal. And so I'm going to go ahead and say Joe Tooney. The all-pro offensive guard from the New England Patriots who's on his franchise tag deal one year. He's going to become an unrestricted free agent in 2021. If you're the Bears and you really believe you're in contention to challenge the Packers in that NFC North, you need to solidify yourself up front. Joe Tooney provides that. And so Chicago acquires Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots to help get this offensive line back in plain shape, which could help set up that rushing attack by David Montgomery and take some pressure off Nick Foles' shoulders. I mean, I like the pick. I like what you guys are coming with. I like the Bears. They definitely need to improve their offensive line. Um, when you saw what Aaron Donald and this defensive line was able to do uh, last week, uh, I mean, it was evident that they have to improve. Um, and, and Nick Foles, man, being a big guy back there, being a big quarterback, I mean, obviously he's not necessarily known for his legs. And he, and, they, and they're going to need to compete, man. Um, the Green Bay Packers are looking like they're starting to oil that thing up and grease it up for this playoff run. Their defense is starting to look good. And um, they're starting and they're going to have to figure out a way to compete 
All right, let's go ahead and continue this segment. Make the trade, Jarrell. It's my turn. I'm going to pick up another team in the AFC that you're going to have to give me a trade proposal for. So we went from the AFC South. I'm thinking we go to the AFC West because there is a team that I believe is still hovering around playoff contention that they have some needs that they could address at the trade deadline. How about those Las Vegas Raiders? All right, so going with the Las Vegas Raiders, for me, um, I personally would take, um, I'm going to go with A.J. Green out of Cincinnati. Um, You know, we're talking about uh, they have Ryan Gunther out there, the defensive coordinator. He knows how tough it was to defend this type of player in practice. Um, he knows what it, what, it, what this guy will bring to the table, having a new change of scenery. A.J. Green has talked uh, tremendously about, you know, wanting to be with Cincinnati, but we all know where his heart is. We all know that he wants to be out the door just like Carlos Dunlap. And John Gruden would be a perfect uh, – it would be a perfect fit for him, as well as Derek Carr. We're talking about a perennial pro bowler in A.J. Green that can still catch the football at a high level, uh, but just needs to change the scenery, man. A.J. Green is definitely a name that has come up in trade talks for the last several years, I might add. And, of course, when all these trade rumors come up, there's always resolve from Zach Taylor and Green himself saying, no, I want to stay here in Cincinnati long term. But I think there's a time the rubber meets the road, Jarrell, and I would not be surprised. Uh, This trade deadline is when A.J. Green finally is shipped out of Cincinnati. He, too, is on that one-year franchise tag, so he's going to be hitting free agency again. So the Bengals have to say, okay, We really like T. Higgins and his development, the rookie wide receiver. We like Tyler Boyd. And so is there really a need to put up with A.J. Green anymore and his upcoming contract negotiations? So Green going to Vegas could provide another asset for Derek Carr in that passing attack. As they really get up closer to Kansas City in the AFC West, time will tell. But that certainly is a good option. Yeah, man, I just like A.J. Green in their system. Now, they're a run-first offense, which means that he's not going to have to be required to go out there and be a pass ha- and be a pass uh, a heavy pass catcher. Um, he has to make his plays when they come to him. We know that the scheme that the Raiders present, they want to pound the uh, pound the ball. And then also, to be honest with you, they need to have another explosive uh, uh, asset um, to go alongside Waller. Man, he's been uh, he's been effective this year, but he's also been up and down when teams have double-teamed him a lot. And so they need to have a guy to free up uh, free up more receptions for this guy. Yeah, I could definitely see that point. Now, Jarrell, it is your turn. Go ahead and give me another NFC team here so I can come up with a trade idea. Okay, let's see, man. So we'll talk about, let's go with the Carolina Panthers. All right, the Carolina Panthers. That is a bubble team that did really well early in the season. They've dropped a couple of games. Matt Rule is the new sheriff in town, and he's done a good job. I mean, he's making statements. I don't know if you saw he cut Eli Apple yesterday because Apple has been dealing with an injury, and he didn't feel like he could go practice yesterday, so he went to the trainer's facility instead. And so Matt Rule said, all right, if you're going to have that mentality, I don't want you on my team. He was cut later in the afternoon. So I like what he's doing in Carolina. So when I look at the team, I know they're set for now with Teddy Bridgewater of course, Christian McCaffrey will be coming back from injury. But what they could need, Jarrell, is help on the defensive end. They really are having a tough time defending the pass. And it's starting to become a big Achilles heel for Matt Rule's defense. So I think they need to address the secondary. Now, here's where it gets a little bit confusing because I'm not sure there's a whole lot of corners that are available you know that have some high value we've heard Xavier Howard come up as a trade candidate but I don't think that's going to happen but I am hearing some noise about Stephon Gilmore potentially being available for trade from the Patriots as they look to hit the reset button and go with youth in the draft in 2021. Of course, Bill Belichick was asked about those rumors this morning and didn't have much to say about it. So if indeed they make him available, the Panthers 
should be the first ones to jump and pick up the phone and try to acquire the superstar corner from New England, who, by the way, is from Carolina, so they would be a homecoming for him. He went to school at South Carolina. So how about Stephon Gilmore to the Carolina Panthers? He would give them that number one lockdown corner to have to deal with those explosive offensive teams such as the Saints and Buccaneers twice a year. I mean, I like the trade. I just don't necessarily think that uh, Bill Belichick is going to go out there and give up the reigning defensive player of the year and Stephen Gilmore. I mean, this guy, uh, he's definitely had his ups and downs this season. But, I mean, the Patriots overall have had their ups and downs. Um, we're talking about a team that is usually in the running for the AFC East and is, third, is sitting third right now behind the Bills and the Miami Dolphins. So, um, I mean, obviously it would, be, it would be easy to say, hey, the Bills, I mean, not the Bills, but the Pats are going to go ahead and jump ship. But I just don't necessarily think that Stephen Gilmore is going to be a likely candidate to be on the move. Well, it would have to be a mega offer. That's just it. I mean, if Carolina was going to acquire, any other team was going to acquire Stephon Gilmore, arguably the best corner in the game alongside Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's going to have to come at a cost of at least a first and a second, maybe even two ones, just considering how valuable that position is at corner. So obviously a big time long shot, but if I want to be fun and get creative with it, I definitely think Stephon Gilmore to the Carolina Panthers would certainly send shockwaves in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. We're talking about a guy that can literally lock down one half of the field. Um, and, you know, Carolina hasn't necessarily had that cornerback uh, since Josh Norman has uh, departed for Washington uh, football team. And so I think at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about a guy that literally can shut down one half of the field. He can cover tight ends. He can cover your best receiver. So, I mean, it definitely would be a great move if Matt Rule is looking to make a splash and be in contention in this NFC South. But I'm telling you, man, it's very tough, man, when you got Tom Brady, and Drew Brees to deal with. So you've got to have a guy to stop him, and this will be the guy. Well, I'm sure all their fans would absolutely go bonkers if something like that would ever happen, acquiring a player the caliber of Stephon Gilmore. Now, we had our trade ideas. Each of us shared a couple of teams, and we gave some trade ideas. But now we're going to move on to some fan questions, Jarrell. Every single week, I have a lot of fans that chime in asking some questions. Today, I'll answer two of them. And the first one has to do with Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Healy wants to know, can Big Ben still compete for more years to come? And what makes this Steelers team one of the best teams in football? So go ahead and give your take on it, and then I'll follow. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, as far as the Steelers organization, it's the culture there. Um, it's the way that they treat their players. Uh, it's a way that they conduct business on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, nobody's bigger than the team. And we have saw that in previous years when it comes to the type of players that they've had and let go. Um, and realistically, yeah, Big Ben can do the same type of things um, that he's doing this year, next year. Um, he looks to be heavily improved. Uh, he looks to have lost some weight. Um, he's obviously not as mobile as he used to be in the past. But the way the offensive scheme is set up, the, they get the ball out quickly. Um, to get guys uh, to be able to run with after catch. Uh, James Conner looks to be improving. I think only reason, only thing for me is that they're going to have to find some continuity on their offensive line uh, moving forward as far as uh, being able to protect Ben. And we know that when they had those five guys up there with DeCastro, uh, we're talking about Pouncey uh, and a plethora of other guys, man. Um, you know, uh, and, and I, think, I think at the end of the day, if they can continue to improve the offensive line, then Big Ben can definitely do this thing for years to come. I believe Big Ben still has plenty left in the tank as well. 38 years old, but this season, 13 touchdown passes, 4 interceptions, 99.1 quarterback rating after returning from elbow surgery, Jarrell, in which he had multiple ligaments repaired. And so that is impressive. That's a testament to his dedication, his character, and his will to come back and still be a high-level quarterback and performer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It helps him out that he has younger targets, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and then of course James Conner at running back as well as Benny Snell. So I believe these young guys have kind of rejuvenated Big Ben because now he has an excitement to also help these guys learn and become better receivers as the season goes on. But I saw one telling point, Ravens defensive end Calais Campbell, who's been around the game for a long time, in preparation for facing Big Ben on Sunday, he told reporters that Ben Ben Roethlisberger looks like 
one of the better versions of himself up to this point in his career. And I think that's very telling when a player of that caliber can sit there and say, hey, man, this guy's still got it. He still has the arm strength. He can still make defenses pay. So I think Big Ben clearly can play at this level for the next couple of years and for the Steelers. I mean, being undefeated, having their first 6-0 start since 1978, it certainly is a big deal. And I think their success starts with that defense because with T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Joe Hayden, those are some high caliber players. And when you have the leadership that Mike Tomlin brings to the organization and keeps those players hungry, keeps them focused, That's a dangerous combo for the rest of the NFL. And that's why I believe really from week zero before the season started, I had the Steelers as one of the best teams in the NFL. And so far, they followed through on that. Yo, they've looked phenomenal. I mean, defensively being number one in the league as far as the rush defense is concerned. Um, Offensively, we're talking about Big Ben continuously getting the ball out. Um, James Conner starting to come into form. Um, I don't know how they continuously keep just drafting good wide receivers year in and year out and finding ways to turn them into household names. I think it's just phenomenal to see what they've continued to do as an organization. Um, Like I said before, man, if they can just continue to improve their offensive line, uh, maybe even in the... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Trade deadline coming up. Go get a guy like Tyler Reef. Um, out of Minnesota that they talked about being on the trade block. Um, if they can continue to improve this offensive line, um, they have enough youth around them uh, to support the veterans that they have in order to make a push for, for the next two or three years. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only unbeaten team entering Week 8. They certainly have taken the attention of everybody from around the league, players, teams, coaches, fans, and they are the real deal. And that's going to be a heck of a showdown, Ravens and Steelers on Sunday. We're going to preview and predict that game coming up here on the show. But here's the second fan question, and he is a Miami Dolphins fan. He wants to know, what can we expect from Tua heading into the halfway mark of the season and if he performs well, what would be the chances for the Dolphins to make a playoff run? So I'll go ahead and answer this one first, Jarrell. We talked a little bit about the Tua decision last week on the podcast. The Dolphins 3-3, three and three, second in the AFC East. Brian Flores decided to make that change. It was uh, made public last week. And of course, Tua, his first game is going to be against the Los Angeles Rams. And they are a daunting defensive unit. We saw it in primetime on Monday night. Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Leonard Floyd is starting to have some rejuvenation coming off the edge. They are a nasty defense, and so I really hope that Tua does have a good offensive plan in place where he's going to have to get that ball out quickly because if not, he'll have number 99 draped all over him for the entire game. But I do believe that this Dolphins team can make a run at the wild card. In fact, in my season opening predictions in terms of divisions, I had Miami finishing second with a 9-7 and record. 
I do believe that they are well coached enough. They have the discipline from Brian Flores. I like those additions. Kyle Van Noy, he's a difference maker. Shaq Lawson off the edge. They have the defense. They have two number one corners in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. And then offensively, if Tua can hit stride, I don't expect him to come out and set the world on fire in his NFL debut. But if they can make some adjustments with Chan Gailey really getting Tua in positions to throw on the run as well as giving him a good balance in the run game with Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin, I think this Miami team can do some damage as we get into December and January. You know, obviously the Miami Dolphins want to compete this year, um, but realistically for me, it's going to be next year for me. And I know that the, uh, the Rams, they look red hot. I just don't see them coming in and, and, and dominating a, a, a team like the Rams, um, stopping that offense with all the with all the questions that they have uh, going on in their secondary. The defensive line wise, interior wise, they look excellent. Um, as far as their secondary, it's just been up and down, man. And so I'm gonna necessarily I'm gonna roll with the Rams in this one, um, and they end up falling even even with the with the New England Patriots. And I just see a team like the New England Patriots finding a way to figure it out uh, and then get to that wild card spot. Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins, man, hey, look, kudos to you guys because y'all been playing uh, in a way that's just phenomenal this year. I just think that, you know, it's just one year too early. It's certainly going to be an interesting process as we see the second half of the season unfold. But Tua, there is excitement. There's buzz in Miami. Fans are looking forward to seeing him take the field against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not going to say that it's going to be a cakewalk for them, especially as they make this transition to Tua. But I do like what they have brewing in Miami. Of course, I'm a big fan of Brian Flores and what he's done to instill a new culture there in South Beach. But Jarrell, it is time to do those game picks as we get rolling on Thursday Night Football. We have the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. It is an NFC South clash. Falcons 1-6, finding new ways to lose every single week. Todd Gurley tried not to score, and he did. Gave Matthew Stafford enough time to go down and win the game with a touchdown MPAT so the Falcons continue to disappoint their fans. They're going to take on the Carolina Panthers 3-4. This is a pivotal game for Carolina if they want to stay in playoff contention. So, Jarrell, when you look at this matchup, who are you going to take here? Um, Obviously, I'm going to roll with the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, what they had on display last week, uh, they can t- they competed all the way up to the end against the New Orleans Saints. They know that they're one one step away, maybe one player away from contending. Um, and, and getting a guy like Christian McCaffrey back, uh, especially if they can get him back um, this week and moving forward, um, it's going to definitely uh, help benefit them. I'm going to roll with the Carolina Panthers, but I think it's going to be a shootout, man, just like how it was last week. The NFC the NFC South is always about those quarterbacks and high points. So I'm going to go 37 to 34 um, with the Carolina Panthers. Okay, I'm going to roll with the Panthers as well. I think they get the job done. They'll be at home. Look for Joe Brady to add some wrinkles to that offense. Provide Teddy Bridgewater with more looks. Now, Christian McCaffrey is regarded as a long shot to play this week, but Mike Davis has filled in very nicely as well. I think Carolina gets it done, but it's going to be really close. I'll give them the win 26-23 over the Falcons. A game-winning field goal off the leg of Joey Sly gets it done for Carolina to move back up to 500. Now we'll go to Sunday's slate of games, November 1st. Wow, we're already moving into November. Feels like October has flown on by. And now we get... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man, it is. And we're going to start this month with a mega game between the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 6-0, and the Baltimore Ravens coming off a bye week, 5-1. Of course, we already talked about Yannick and Gakwe, so they're going to be uh, debuting that star edge rusher against Pittsburgh. Jarrell, do you think Baltimore can take the Steelers and give them their first loss of the season? Uh, no, I do not, um, and this is the reason why. Uh, you know, I know that um, you know, this is a, a great uh, defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be facing, the addition. Uh, Yannick is going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be fun for those defensive linemen out there. Uh, but I know Big Ben, man. Big Ben's faced um, crazy defenses from Baltimore before um, that was even more daunting than the ones that he's going to be facing on Sunday. Uh, I understand that they're going to go into the game controlling the line of scrimmage. They're going to go into the game controlling how they, uh, how many possessions Baltimore gets reduced to. 
just because everything with Baltimore, yes, they want to run the football, but everything with Baltimore is splash plays. They make chunk plays, and uh, Pittsburgh is going to eliminate a lot of those. And so I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I think they really do have their defense clicking, and it's starting to look like that steel curtain. Not so fast, as Lee Corso says. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I think they get the job done. The Pittsburgh Steelers were on the ropes last Sunday against the Titans. They went up big, but then Tennessee came roaring back in the fourth quarter. Now, Steven Gostikowski missed that field goal, so Pittsburgh held off. But I like the Ravens to come off that bye week. They've had two weeks to prepare for Pittsburgh. I just feel like they're going to come in with that smash mouth mentality. Lamar Jackson is going to have to get some things going through the air. They've struggled with that. Mark Andrews, I look for him to be a busy man on Sunday, getting those targets from Lamar Jackson. But defensively, this is where Baltimore is going to have a monster game, and they're going to limit Big Ben and what he can do in that pass game as well as containing James Conner in the backfield with that daunting defensive front. It's going to be a smash-mouth football game. I really wish this game was flexed to prime time. It's a shame that it's at 1 p.m. Eastern, but I cannot wait to see this. But for this game, I'm going to roll with the Baltimore Ravens 24-17 to in that typical close AFC North battle. Man, I like your heart, man, and I like your knowledge and everything that you're coming with, man. You present some, uh, some great arguments, and uh, it's going to come down to the wire unless we both agree. I just think at the end of the day, man, Pittsburgh has their formula. They know what they want to do, um, and Baltimore really struggles when teams spread them out, like I said before, because that man coverage. So having Yannick is going to help improve heavenly. But if Big Ben is getting the ball out consistently consistently over and over again, um, it's going to tire those guys down a lot. So I just think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have things rolling offensively and defensively. So I'm just going to roll with these guys. Next matchup here, the Rams 4-2 at the Dolphins 3-3. We already briefed on this matchup. I heard you're going with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. 27-17 over the Dolphins. I am very excited to see Tua debut against LA but that Rams team is another monster they're at another level right now coming off a dominating performance against the Chicago Bears that defense is going to get after Tua and I do think that Tua will catch them off guard at a couple of moments in the game because they're not going to see what Chan Gailey dials up especially now that they've had the bye week they're going to incorporate more plays but in the end this Rams team They are the real deal this year, and I just don't think Tua can get the job done in his very first NFL start. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, like I said, man, Aaron Donald is all over the place. It doesn't necessarily matter if he has the sacks. It's about the the consistency, the constantly getting hit, play after play after play, whether you're dropping back, whether you're scrambling, or whether you're just now getting rid of the ball, man. I mean, they they are going to be hitting this guy play after play after play. And so um, it's going to a very uh, tough situation for the Miami Dolphins to overcome. All right. Now, Jarrell, we got the the New York Jets and the Chiefs playing. The Jets 0-7, Chiefs 6-1. We don't need to waste our breath on this one. I have the Chiefs big time, 38-10, in a game where they're probably going to pull their starters at halftime. I expect Le'Veon Bell to have 200 yards rushing. He better go off for 200 yards rushing against the Jets. I'm telling you, he better go off for 200 yards rushing, man. I'm telling you now, I'm rolling with the Chiefs by 40. (laughs) Yes, sir. I think we're all on the same page (laughs) on this game, man. And, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, talk about that revenge game against the Jets. Look for him to get some work, especially in the second half as the Chiefs look to just run out the clock. Le'Veon Bell is going to be running angry, and I can't wait to see how that one unfolds. Now, Vikings-Packers. I'm going to take the Packers here, Jarrell. Big, 34-17. Vikings are 1-5, coming off that bye week. You know that they traded away Yannick. Daniel Hunter underwent season-ending surgery. This is a team that is not in the good position. Kirk Cousins has struggled all year long. Green Bay, they got back to what they do best last week against Houston. I look for them to replicate that here at home against Minnesota. Absolutely, man. Um, Aaron Rodgers looking like looking like that bad man, State Farm commercial type of guy. And I'm whirl- I'm rolling with discount double check, bro. And I, I just think that uh, the Vikings are are, are clearing house. Um, they're having everybody on the trade block at the moment. Um, like I told, like I mentioned earlier today, with Tyler Reef, 
Um, I just know that they, these guys are, are, are tanking. Everybody's tanking for Trevor Lawrence at this point in time now, so might as well, bro. Might as well, man. The, the, the lottery for Lawrence has started, and so we'll see how it goes. I'm going to roll with the Vikings as well, um, 27 to 17. You just said you're going to roll with the Vikings. <laughs> not the Vikings, not the Vikings, not the, the Packers. Oh, my God. I was going to I was gonna, say, Jarrell, go with, with me, the man. upset. With Hang in there. Hey, hang in there. Hang in there, Cole. All right, man. I got, I got you. I got you. Green Bay. All right, Colts, Lions. Colts, four and two. Lions, three and three. Give me Indy to win this game. I like them. It's going to be a close game. The Lions are riding a little bit of that momentum on that two-game win streak. But Indianapolis, they're fully healthy. They're getting Darius Leonard back. Anthony Costanzo, their starting tackle. Phillip Rivers has been up and down. We know that. He's been inconsistent. But this defensive performance from Indy is going to get the job done. 28-24. Give me the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Colts as well. I actually think it's going to be a higher-scoring game than what people are predicting. I'm thinking the Colts are going to come out, and it's smash-mouth football, man. You got Costanzo back. You got their big leader on defense back. You know, I think the Colts have everything uh, moving in the right direction. They get their left tackle back. They get their big beast on defense back in Darius Leonard. And so I just look for these guys to continue to improve, and I think that they're going to shut down this running attack. Um, that the uh, the Detroit Lions are coming to the table with, so I'm gonna roll with the uh, with the uh, I'm not gonna roll with the Lions, man. I'm gonna roll with the Colts in a close one, um, 28 to 27. Raiders, Browns, Raiders three and three, Browns five and two, coming off that win. I like Cleveland, even though they lost Odell Beckham Jr. for the season. I think that offense is going to have a field day against the Raiders defense who struggled immensely the last several weeks. Baker Mayfield woke up, shut up the haters. Cleveland, 31-27 over the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, this is a very tough one for me to choose because of the two teams that are, that are playing. Man. Baker Mayfield's always up and down. I know everybody's talking about how sad they feel about OBJ and, uh, and everything like that. But the Raiders are looking to, to stay in contention out west, man, uh, because they have to. It, I mean, it's just a must at this moment in time now. So I'm actually going to go with the Raiders, man, in an upset, uh, 31 to 28. Okay, I like it. Some desperation on the end of the Las Vegas Raiders could get that job done. I'll stick with the Cleveland Browns. Titans at the Bengals. I think Tennessee takes this one 35-24. I like what Joe Burrow is doing in Cincinnati. They've been involved in a lot of tightly contested ball games, but the Titans are just hands down the better football team on both offense, defense, and special teams. Talent will prevail in this one, Jarrell. Tennessee by 11. Yeah, man, Tennessee uh, is going to dominate this game. Um, you know, not having Carlos Dunlap, I'm talking about A.J. Green, uh, might be out the way as well. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, question marks for this Cincinnati Bengals team, although they have been competitive. Uh, I'm just going to roll with the Titans, man. They're going to run the football, and that's what they do well. And I, I look for, you know, uh, Derrick Henry to have another phenomenal game. Um, so I'm going to roll with them 24 to 13. Patriots, Bills. Patriots are two and four. Bills five and two. This is in Buffalo. I like the Bills to win this one, but in a rather low-scoring game. Josh Allen and that offense, they've stalled out the last several weeks, so they've been struggling to hit that high gear again. Even against the Jets last week, they got off to that slow start. The Jets got up on them early. I'll still take them to beat the Patriots, but by a score of 20-13. to 13. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Pats, though, man. I think it's going to be a, a tightly contested game. Um, Buffalo has always seen to struggle against New Orleans, regardless of who's at the quarterback. And I just think that at the end of the day, the uh, the the New England Patriots uh, facing a scheme in which Buffalo presents is a little bit less complex than how they've they've faced in the last couple of weeks as far as the defense is concerned. And I just think that at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills have too many question marks as far as the defending the run up front and uh, and get, and being consistently offensively. So I just look for the 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 Pats to come out and squeeze out a tight one, um, twenty one to eighteen. Okay, Chargers at Broncos. We got an AFC West battle. I am sold on Justin Herbert. We talked about this Chargers team last week. They're getting healthy at the right time. This is a team that can go on a run in the AFC. Justin Herbert is playing lights out right now. Keenan Allen's getting going. Drew Locke and the Broncos, on the other hand, they're not trending in the right direction. I like the Chargers to go into Denver and get a win, 27-20. Yeah, I'm liking the Chargers as well, man. They have to find a way to, to squeeze out these wins. They've lost 
um, at least three games by a touchdown or less. So they've definitely been content, con, uh, competitive this this year, and I like them. I like them to find ways to go out there and, and get a win. So I'm going to roll with these guys too. I'm going to roll with them, 34 to 17. We have another good matchup coming from the NFC, the Saints at the Chicago Bears. The Bears just dropped the game. Saints coming off a tight win over the Panthers. This is a tough one because I do want to choose the Chicago Bears to bounce back because of that defense. But the way their offense has been playing, how bad that offensive line is for Chicago. You look at New Orleans, they finally have Marcus Davenport, who's fully healthy. Cam Jordan is also starting to up his game. I know that secondary New Orleans is questionable, but because of that defensive front that New Orleans has, also by Demario Davis, I think that's the difference offensively. We'll see if they get Michael Thomas back. We don't know, but I'll still take Drew Brees to get the job done. 23-17 over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Saints as well. I, I think that they're starting to get all their stars back, you know, minus Michael Thomas. Um, and I just really think that, uh, you know, uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees know what time it is at this point in time. Halfway through the season, it's time to go out and start to put ourselves in contention and, um, you know, the Chicago Bears, they still have a lot of question marks. And they don't necessarily want to fall to 5-3 and three in this division. But I'm still going to roll with the Saints, man. I just think that the Saints have too much working for them. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to uh, I'm gonna go with the more lower-scoring game uh, just because of the Bears' defense. I'm going to go with 18-13. to 13. Okay, and mind you, the Bears may be without their number one receiver, Allen Robinson, who entered the NFL concussion protocol today. So that would be a huge loss for that already struggling Bears offense. We'll see what happens with his availability as the week progresses on, Jarrell. But we have another NFC West clash this time. The 49ers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are coming off that insane game against the Cardinals on Sunday Night Football. They dropped it in overtime, but they're looking to rebound at home. I will take Russell Wilson to win this game. I don't think he's going to go out there and lose a second consecutive one against San Francisco, although I am looking forward to the matchup because, you know, anytime these two meet up, there's always fireworks, but I will take Russell and this Seattle team to win 30-24. to Yeah, I'm going to roll with Russell Wilson as well. I know they let a, they let a division game slip last week. And I know they don't want to go 0-2 with the division, man. And I, and I think at the end of the day, these guys are going to be highly competitive offensively and defensively. Russell Wilson is just going to put the ball in there. He's going to do what he does well. Um, but I still think it's going to be a close matchup just because the Seattle Seahawks defense has still been a little suspect to me. Obviously, the, the addition of Carlos Dunlap is going to be cool, but I'm not necessarily sold on them just yet. But I'm going to ride with them to squeak this game out 31-28. Looking forward to that one. Now the nightcap, which, man, I was hoping was going to get flexed down. The Cowboys, 2-5 and five at the Philly Eagles, 2-4-1. and one, Coming from the best division in all of football, the NFC East. And we may be seeing rookie quarterback, seventh round pick, Ben DiNucci. Out of James Madison, he may be the guy as Andy Dalton works his way through concussion protocol. The Eagles, we know they're coming off that, that tight win over the Giants. So, Jarrell, this is a matchup that I believe is going to be heavily one-sided, and it's going to be the Eagles who come out on top 34-13. to Look, I'm a Cowboys fan. You know this. Everybody knows this. But I'm being real, Jarrell. This team is injury-depleted. They're not playing good football, and that Eagles team, they're peaking at the right time. They're getting players healthy. Jason Peters, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, all those guys are being designated to return from IR. They're going to be at home in Philadelphia. I don't think there's going to be much competition from the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, so I'll roll with the Eagles on this one. Man, I'm going to roll with the Philly cheese, too, man. I'm going to roll with the Eagles, too, man. I think that the Eagles are going to come out there and dominate. Um, you know, they got Steve Mariucci over there, the quarterback. So I'm going <laughs> to so roll. I'm going to roll with the Eagles, man. And I just like what they what – they, they they've been competitive, man. Although they're 2-4-1, they've still been competitive in most of their games. And Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson is still telling these guys, hey, we can still make the playoffs and win this division. 
So I'm going to roll with these guys. Um, I'm going to roll with them 24 to 10. And mind you, Jarrell, mind you, the NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles at 2-4-1. So how about that? Oh, my God, it's a god-awful, man. I mean, the awful, like, awful house. Like, it's awful. Yes, indeed. And to close out week number eight, it'll be another snoozer. It looks like, at least on paper, November 2nd, Buccaneers at those New York Giants. Another game that I wish was not in prime time at this point of the season. We all know the Giants, the current state they're in, and the Buccaneers are riding high. This is a game where Tom Brady and that Tampa defense, they're licking their chops, going up against Daniel Jones, a quarterback that has struggled with fumbles all season, really since he entered the league. So Tampa Bay, I believe, will go into MetLife Stadium and walk out there with a 31-13 victory over the New York Giants. I think they're going to dominate. I got them winning 37-7. to I'm going with the Bucks. I'm going with them in a dominating performance. JPP back in MetLife. Shout out to my dog. So I just think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a game, man. And I like these guys 37 to 7. And now the only question left, Jarrell, is how many turnovers is this Bucks defense going to have against those Giants? Man, I'm going to go three turnovers. Uh, let's go two first two forced fumbles and one interception. You know what? On that interception, you know who's going to come away with it? My boy, Levante David. I'm calling a pick six for Levante David. All right, man. Two forced fumbles by my dog, Will Ghosty, man. We can call it out now. All right. I like it. I like it. Buccaneers over the Giants big. That's how both you and I are going, as well as a large majority of the NFL community. Now, Jarrell, that does it for Week 8's podcast as we talked about a bevy of topics from around the league predictions, trade rumors, trade proposals. We had it all here on the podcast. We appreciate y'all listening and tuning in on a week-to-week basis. Also, all the fans that submit questions. We're sorry that I couldn't get to some of them, but trust me, keep them coming. We'll get to them as we progress into this show. So, Jarrell, thanks again, man. As always, enjoyed it. Chatting up some football on this Wednesday afternoon. Have a blessed week, man. Man, I appreciate it again, bro. Uh, Always having me on the show. I love to talk football. And, uh, man, just make sure you guys uh, check out the podcast and continue to support, and we appreciate it. All right, brother. Well, take care, take it easy, and be safe. You already know it, brother. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.